Are you good with people? Maybe you're organized or have a knack for numbers. Well, then chances are you've got skills that could lead to a new career. A Google Career Certificate can help you get a foot in the door with top employers in fast-growing fields like IT support, project management, data analytics, and user experience design. It's professional-level training developed and taught by Google employees. And it's all online so you can learn around your schedule. Put your skills to work. Go to grow.google certificates. Faster my crazy day, my packed commute, all those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Westwood One presents The Pollsters. The Pollsters. And now, Margie and Kristen. Hi, and welcome to The Pollsters. I'm Margie O'Mara, Democratic pollster with PSB Research. And I'm Kristen Soldis Anderson, Republican pollster with Echelon Insights. And each week we bring you the polls driving the latest news in politics, tech, and pop culture. So welcome new Westwood One listeners or older listeners who know about our new partnership with Westwood One. Thanks, everybody, for all the support. You may have noticed our cool new intro. Thanks, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> we're so we're so legit now. I know. Like, I feel like we're like an action movie. I know. I know. And I'm now the pollster. That's right. With Margie and Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing says like legit like someone giving you like an announcer giving you an intro. So that's <laughs> Don Pardo style. <laughs> I love it. Um, so this is our last show before the holidays. We are going to be out for the week of the holidays or Christmas. We'll talk about how we define that later. But that week we will be out. And then the following week might be a little bit tricky. That first week of January I'll still be coming back from uh, my trip. So we might – not make it. Maybe it'll be another Kristen Solo show. Or maybe I'll find a guest to interview. Or, well, I, I'm determined to try to make this work. Or Jet Like Margie. Jet like, you never know what Jet Like Margie is going to say. <laughs> we record at 3 a.m. <laughs> I hope that's okay with everybody. <laughs> okay, so what are the top lines? Trump's favorite rally song. But why? The most bizarre rally song choice ever. Uh, you can't always get what you want. I hope you all get what you want from Santa. And we'll talk a little bit on today's show about what makes people happy. We'll also talk about what people consider to be the most historic event that's happened in their lifetimes. And does the election make people happy? What are the emotions that people are reporting now that we're a month out? We'll also find out whether or not Hillary Clinton voters say that their husbands turned out to vote. Interesting question. Um, the Electoral College voted yesterday. Uh, Donald Trump will be the next president. We'll take a look at some more polling this week that has some new ways of asking the question about whether or not people want the Electoral College changed. Then the latest headlines have been about Russia's influence in the election. We will take a look at some more data about whether or not Americans are concerned about Russia's potential influence in our politics. And finally, that war on Christmas question, should it be Merry Christmas or should it be Happy Holidays? Or if you're in sync, it can be both. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. They have a whole song about it. Do they really? It's fantastic. You didn't hear that? 
on loop at my party last weekend. <laughs> no, I didn't. Constantly playing. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't. You know we're recording, right? <laughs> I'm in YOLO mode this morning. Um, okay, good. Well, first, the poll of the week. Um, some good news, or at least some polling on some good news. Now, 2016 may not have been the best year for a lot of folks. You know, certainly a meme. I think Merriam-Webster said that it was one of the, like, words of the year. Am I imagining that? 2016? It wasn't anything else. It was 2016, not like any word about 2016. Like the year took on a life of its own. I don't it know. It started with David Bowie dying. That was the beginning. Right. A Prince. I think Prince was right before. I think David- Bowie was the first. I think Bowie yeah. was first, and then it was like Alan Rickman and Prince, and like a whole – it just was like this sequence of – like icons all dying and then politics was horrible and then there were you know at least we have the merriam webster twitter account which is awesome by the way it is (laughs) it's my favorite like quote-unquote corporate twitter account i don't even know if that counts as like big corporate twitter but it is one of my favorites so anyway um there have been a couple different polls about and sort of like year review type polling what the best moments the happiest moments of the year and Maybe not a surprise, a plurality said the election being over was the happiest moment. Although, wait a minute. So so 36% of people were the happiest day of the year for them was November 9th? Was it? I don't know. Because the only thing I mean, worse are those than Trump supporters that are all really excited? 17% said Trump wins was the happiest moment. But that's different. So, okay, I get that the election – I mean, the election does not actually feel like it's over. No. Doesn't? I not mean, for it us. Does not feel like polling it's over. doesn't take a holiday. <laughs> polling doesn't take a holiday. I have to actually leave the country <laughs> to force polling. Pokemon to take a- is on this list of things. Pokemon Go takes the world by storm. Was oh no? I think this was pre-coded. No, list. yes, this was option. So okay, twelve percent of people pick Cubs win the World Series. Thirteen percent of people pick Americans shine in the Olympics. Wait a minute. A breakthrough. This is talking about the ice bucket challenge. The no, ice bucket the, challenge wasn't this year. It was a breakthrough because I looked it up because I was like, what is this? There was a breakthrough, an ALS research breakthrough okay. supposedly funded by the ice bucket challenge. Oh, that's cool then. I didn't I lo- know about that. I looked that up and then, and then I didn't want to, you know, there was a lot more research like it wasn't really funded by that. Maybe it wasn't. I'm like, okay, well, at least that's the thing that it's referring to. So there's some – I don't know if that would have made it in an unaided open-end not no. not to take away anything from the researchers who worked on that breakthrough, but I just don't know if that, in terms of press coverage and the you know the population, I don't know if that would have made it up to the top of the list. But what makes us happy is spending time with friends and family. That's clear. Um, being in a better financial position and faith tied for second, of course, um, and then. What would make you happier in 2017? This is, I thought, an interesting divide. So 53% of people say that friends and family are what made them the happiest this year. But when you ask, what do you think would make you happiest next year? More money. It's more money. It's not like, oh. I did that last year. That friends and family thing was great. Let's do more of that. No, money. Money is the thing. Yes. Well, you know, maybe it's social desirability. Oh, what made me happy was spending time with friends and family. I'm not sure. Um, But it's also resolve. So it's a resolution. So that's from the website diehappy.com, which. Well, no, but they had Ipsos do the poll. Yeah. I know, but it's not – I don't know. I guess I'm trying to start – we're trying to start like on a good positive note so it's not just depressing well, culture, depressing culture. Well, there's happy in the, the name. die happy, yeah. 
Meanwhile, Pew did something similar about well. Th- there's this. Not, it's it's about what's what do you find the most historic thing that's happened in your lifetime? So this has felt like a big historic right. Year. And they also did pride and disappointed too. But the main thing was historic. And this I thought was interesting. I mean, September 11th was clearly at the top, and it was at the top for every generation. Yeah. Of the have we ever like where on where were you on September 11th? I was in Adams Morgan in my apartment, and you know I remember like everybody else what a beautiful day. Like it's it's interesting everyone remembers how beautiful the day was. Um, and and I had like friends who lived n- nearby come over, and I don't have any sort of momentous story, but I couldn't talk to my mom for a while because the phones were all down. So you had this kind of fear that you couldn't get a hold of anybody, and it was just watching the television. You're like. Did, did that just go into the building? I mean, that that incredible feeling of like, are we? Am I looking at what I think I'm looking at? But I was in my apartment, Adams Morgan, so no place particularly momentous. But did have some ties to some of the folks who worked in the financial industry in that building. Yeah, Oof. I was in high school. I did was, they call you all to watch it? That's well, what they did when the Challenger exploded when I was in school. They yeah, had so everybody we, come to the main. So I was, I had been, I was coming out of first period philosophy class it's called theory of knowledge it's like an actual class it's a pretty fancy so we're leaving that and people in the hallway were like did you hear like a like a plane like flew into a building in new york but like at that time it was sounded like oh it could have just been a it would have been weird that that piece of information was spreading through the hallways if it was just like a prop you know like a little thing but so the next class i was going to was 20th century history class with my favorite teacher whose name was mr bilka and he like he put the TV on and we just watched it all. And then like there was a point where he like turned it off. Like it was like, okay, let's talk about this. Like, okay, this is – we're in history class. We are clearly watching history. So like let's talk about it. And That's good. So they've, they've hit these symbols now, right? The, the financial symbol, the de- defense symbol because of the Pentagon. And then turn the TV back on and like then we saw the towers fall and it was – and then just the whole day. I mean we stayed at school all day but like, you know, it was not like – what were we going to do, you know? Right, so. right, right. But I guess, it, it, right, if you're outside of the area, you don't feel like necessarily one of the kids in my home. Cl- one of the kids in my class, his dad worked in the finance industry and but, – and, but I think he was in Chicago. But he – but like working in a really tall building in Chicago. So he right. was – I remember him being really freaked out. Right, right. Well, it, I'm amazed – I guess I'm not amazed, but it is quite something that it is – the top for millennials as well as for silent generation but then it becomes completely scrambled the list is totally different depending on the generation uh, amazingly well i guess a couple things i look at when i when i look at the, these lists and this is from pew a lot of this stuff is violent i mean most of the stuff on these lists are violent and um the orlando shooting is pretty high i guess because that's recent um it's higher than Sandy Hook um, or other shootings, although other there are a variety of shootings. Like for younger people, for millennials, there's lots uh, – all the shootings rank in the list. So Sandy Hook, Columbine, Orlando. Um, gay marriage is one of the – you know, I guess for me, my perspective, although it doesn't weigh in there in the question wording, it's a positive – it's a, one of the positive things for other – you know, it's uh, – the rest of these things are wars, terror – shootings well bin laden is on here and i assume that that means find it like the the night that like obama comes out and says we got him um 
the tech revolution that's interesting i wonder if they've if that's like adding together things like the Smart invention phones. of the iphone mm-hmm. yes. and the invention of facebook it is. stuff like that mm-hmm. um and then they've also divided it by uh, race and ethnicity and here you have for uh for white americans and for hispanics 911 is the top thing for african americans the obama election it's just barely the top thing. Very, very close to, to 9-11. Um, and then in third place is the civil rights movement. For Hispanics, the Orlando shooting is third on that list. And bear in mind, I, I think I talked about this a little on the show, like the part of Orlando that I'm from is sort of the part that was really, you know, I drive by Pulse nightclub on the way from my parents' house to my sister's house. Mm-hmm. Like, and it, there's a very big, like, Puerto Rican community. And so, like, and the it was Latino, Latin night. Yeah, and the, so the Latino community was, like, really heavily affected by this. So it, it's in one sense surprising, in another sense not surprising right. that it would be so high up on the list for the Hispanic community. Right. They also asked pride and disappointment. So describe the time or event during your lifetime when you felt most proud of America and then a similar question when you felt most disappointed in America. And these are open-ended questions, not like the other one that we looked at. Um, and for pride, and I, we don't have this broken up at all the different demos, but response to 9-11 is, it gets a plurality of the votes um, for – and then number two is Obama's election and then moon landing, killing of bin Laden, gay marriage, Ronald Reagan presidency are all in single digits. For disappointment, you have Obama's election and then Trump and the 2016 campaign, Republican campaign, basically tied for first for disappointed. The list for pride is fascinating to me and, you know, it's like, Defeating terrorism, technological advances, and equality. Like, yeah. that's a platform I could run on. Like, yep. that's – I'm in for that. Technological advances, taking out bad guys, equality. Right. And the disappointment is, you know, politics and violence. Yeah. Anyway, so so much for our good news segment. <laughs> that's you dark could, real you, fast. You could take a look at Pew. Um, it's a it's oh, an it's interesting it's an interesting study. Um, so the next, the folks at PRI, they have quite a few interesting polls out um, right now. This one is about. Um, uh, on non-voting, one in five female Clinton voters said their husband or partner didn't vote. So remember, we talked we've talked about this a lot. Like, you know, is your partner voting? Do you and your partner disagree? This was the subject of one of our Walmart moms focus groups. You know, are you fighting with your partner about the election? Are is your partner lying to you about whether or not they're voting for whoever they're voting for? So. This is a vote, um, you know, this is a poll done after the fact saying, a- asking people if they voted, who they voted for. And the spouse of female Clinton voters were most likely to say that they did not vote. About a fifth said they didn't vote. That's more than any other group of spouse combined with voting. What do you make of that? Oh, I'm also, the, the number that jumped out to me is so for female Trump voters, 12% of them said that their spouse voted for someone third party. That was interesting to me because you don't have – you have very few Trump voters of either gender saying their spouse voted for Clinton. And you have very few Clinton voters of either gender saying their spouse voted for Trump. But you have this weird glut of third party people married to female Trump voters. Wow. I didn't know what to make of that. I don't know. That's interesting. That's a – you know, that's a – but they, they, they also in this poll asked people for their emotions about the outcome of the election. And for Republicans, 43% excited, 
38% satisfied. So the most excited group, although I would still say winning the White House and only 43% are excited. That's not that's not a overwhelmingly excited. I mean, that's not that's We not don't even have half. Yeah, we don't have this number for 2008, but I'm sure it was higher for Dems saying that they were excited. Probably. Probably. That would well, be my so, bet. but I mean, it's not like they're angry or or worried or disappointed. Very few chose those options. Um so the groups that are most excited, Republicans, white evangelical Protestants, white men, white working class, men, white Catholics. I see a pattern white here. White voters. White mainline Protestants, then you get the average, all Americans. Then below the middle line is independents, Catholics, white women, white college-educated women, unaffiliated, then at the very bottom in terms of excited Hispanic black Democrat. Yeah. I mean – It's it, exactly the like the gradient you would expect. Right. Ta-da. I mean I think what's interesting for me here is the for Democrats looking at the percent that are worried versus the percent that are angry. And so 12 percent of Democrats say they're angry and 39 percent say they're worried. Um, another th- – about 31 percent say they're disappointed. And obviously that's a lot. That's a clear majority that feels some sort of negative uh, point of view. Uh, you know, I don't – I'm not sure if, I mean, no, I am sure, right? My, you know, the circle of Democrats who work in this field feel probably, I would, it looks like more strongly than Democrats overall around the country. I mean, it's still pretty raw here, uh, you know, among my Democratic people. Um, I was at a party, not your party, I was at another party over the weekend where someone and I were talking about the election and the host comes over and he says, "Uh, we have a rule. That if you're going to talk about that topic that you were just discussing, you have to go out on the back porch and t- drink a fireball. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not quite sure what that is, but I don't, I don't think that's what I'm feel. I don't think I'm feeling that have right. You never now. drank a fireball. Is that like where you drink something and then you like spit it out over like a flame? Is that what that is, or is that like hot pepper, cinnamon schnapps? Like I don't know. Yeah, it's, I, I don't want either of those things. Some, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of it, but it's, it's some kind of like, hot, like hot whiskey like yeah, a, like, like you took like one of those fireball ca- cinnamon candies and i think you melted no it was four o'clock in the afternoon and all i, w- I didn't want any of those things uh. <laughs> so i'm like okay i'll stop talking about politics <laughs> he's like no i'm just kidding i'm like no no it's i really don't want a fireball <laughs> i'm good so and then there was another person whose name i don't remember but she was an obama transition person and she wrote a medium post that said if you were going to come and talk to me about a job it was like, here's some advice, you know, here's advice for, for those who are looking, uh, you know, who are looking to get back into the job market after the campaign. And it said was, uh, if you are meeting with me, do not spend your whole time talking about how bummed you are about the election's <laughs> results. <laughs> like, yes, I'm as sad as you are, but, you know, I don't have all day to go through how sad I am with every single person I have to talk to. I'm like, oh, God, right. That's such good advice. It is yeah. really good <laughs> advice, but that's – but that's the reality. I mean, what she wrote is very much exactly what every conversation. It's not like, oh, where are you going over the holidays? It's like twenty minutes of, you know, cabinet position discussion. <laughs> it's it's pretty grim. It's pretty grim in these parts, guys. So, um, so anyway, I don't. You can't quite get at that with these poll numbers. I would imagine that's probably not how Democrats are in their. Um, in their day-to-day life. But anyway, nonetheless, well, still so, so yesterday was the views. Electoral College. It was sort of the 
it, I was on ABC this week and Koki Roberts said for some people it would be a Christmas miracle if all of a sudden the Electoral College saves the day. Uh, did not happen. In fact, more electors deflect, defected from Clinton than from Trump. So so much for that. that. That's the end of yeah, that. Yeah, you can imagine there was – I think Michael Moore had told people like, oh, I'll pay a thousand – I'll pay your thousand dollar fine if you are a faithless elector. Like, Which I don't know if that's Is he going to go to the people who like were Hillary voters who voted for – not we'll find out yeah i'm like that didn't really work so anyhow last week on the show we talked about some polling around the electoral college and i had a methodology beef with one of the ways the questions was worded because it was like shouldn't people be elected by the popular vote or not right (laughs) shouldn't the person with the most votes win or not i'm like that's not actually right not totally the question right although gallup had showed the week before that support had, there were now more people who were – fewer people who were saying, yes, let's replace what we have. Yeah, because it had become vote. this yes. totally partisan Yes, as opposed to something thing. that sounded logical to people. Like, sure, whatever. I, what, what difference does yeah. it make? Um, so – but now there's new polling that shows actually more support for uh, the popular vote than we've seen in any of these other polls, I think. Well, th- I think th- this is not as high as in that PPP poll that was like – Shouldn't the person with the most votes win or not? Yeah, well, I, I'm not even including that. So, so, but on this one, the way they frame it, I think, is interesting because it looks like they split sampled it. So half the sample got asked, should you keep the electoral college the way we elect presidents, or should we? And half the sample got amend the constitution to replace the electoral college with the popular vote, where the candidate with the most votes wins presidency, and the other half of the sample just got replace the electoral college with the popular you know like the words amend the constitution only appear in half the sample and so the sample that had amend the constitution there was slightly less support for it and slightly more support for keeping the electoral college when you inject that i mean it was it was only a small difference um i don't know that it's a statistically significant difference. no and both groups show that more people actually support the popular vote than the electoral college but still i mean that's i think that's a pretty interesting finding regardless yeah and but then when they and when they ask it again of both sides just saying the amend the constitution or replace the electoral college um, question they ask it again but they inject that hillary clinton received approximately 2.6 million more votes than president-elect donald trump but president-elect donald trump won in several states that secured his win knowing this do you think we should sort of injecting and the numbers don't change that much because i i'm expecting if you looked at the partisan cross tabs the partisanship is already baked into how people are thinking about this question right so what about the like quarter of republicans who think that trump won the popular vote we don't have that in there but right and and this is not in the script but i think i can't remember if that was pew oh i think we did it last week like like there was a second poll that showed the same thing too so the ppp showed that which everyone had a good you know troll poll chuckle on twitter but then i think pew or somebody else also showed it too so for some reason we need this like confirmed multiple times that there's like a group of republicans who think that trump won the popular vote but regardless i mean this is you know this is quite i think this is quite something that even with that you know there's actually an advantage um for changing the way things are done i don't know if this is going to translate into any you know to actual movement on this Things about voting or electoral form process are, for better or worse, uh, you could argue really for worse, are never really top of mind for voters because it just seems a couple steps removed from their daily life in terms yeah. of what motivates them and what they think is going to help improve you know, their 
economic situation or their security, it may by extension, but not in sort of the immediate outcome. So, um, so th- th- these are usually never really top tier issues, but still, nonetheless, it shows some support here. Um, meanwhile, the transition. So there seems to be at least some growing consensus that Trump is going to be president. Now, what, how people feel about the growing transition. Growing consensus. Growing consensus. Guys. I don't know. The, spoiler alert. The It's happening. Scientists don't necessarily agree, Kristen. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, they're, you know. It's real and it's happening. Um, <laughs> and it's so, man-made. <laughs> but, but, of course, now the big debate is over the issue of whether or not the election was hacked. Um, whether or not Trump's win should come with an asterisk that says, well, he won, but the election was unfair because Russia got involved. And um, this week on ABC, Donna Brazil came on the show. I hadn't seen her since she and I were palling around at the Republican convention. Very different time. Um, and, and she was really harsh about like what was happening to the DNC at the hands of a foreign actor. Um right. And, you know, that it really had some tough words for, you know, like WikiLeaks. Okay, if they're really about transparency, why didn't they just dump all the Podesta emails at once? Why did they dribble them out over time to match up with the message of, you know, so she was very just frustrated about that. But a problem that I think is going to keep coming up and that is going to keep making Trump and Trump's team, I think, push back on this whole Russian influence thing is the allegation that Russians gave Trump the election. You can say that the Russians tried to meddle in the election, that they tried to influence the election, that they engaged in hacking to steal documents with an intent of affecting the election. But I think where this is getting, you can just imagine Donald Trump with his phone getting upset and like tweeting the idea that his win is not his win. Right. And so I think that's why you're seeing, you know, I was getting asked about what we talked about last week. Why do so many Republicans like Putin now? Why do so many Republicans think that this Right. But what we saw actually in that poll last week was that most Republicans do not think Russia is an ally. And most Republicans do think Trump thinks Russia is an ally. So like they know that they're kind of not 100% on the same page of Trump on that question, but I think again, this is just people viewing these questions through the well I voted for Trump and people are saying that Trump's win shouldn't count because of Russia. And I think that's stupid. So I think Russia's fine. Russia can do whatever they want. You know, like, I think that's a lot of what's driving some of these answers. Yeah. I mean, it is just such a clear sign of how dominant partisanship is that people would be willing to give Russia a little bit of the benefit of the doubt on something that, you know, you can have a debate. I mean, you can break this into a couple different components. Did did Russia meddle in the election? You know, the consensus seems to be. Well, but I think it's also important to define metal in the election. Whenever I see these headlines that say election hack, I'm like, okay, are you suggesting that like voting machines in Wisconsin were hacked by the Russians? Because that's not what's being alleged. But that's what gets that's what I think people are hearing. And they're like, well, there's no proof that Russia hacked the election. You know, I mean, I think think it's a a separation of what they what they what Russia did and the outcome. So. If Russia, you know, Russia clearly meddled, whether that med- whether that meddling led to Trump winning, whether that meddling was motivated by wanting Trump to win, you know, those are separate questions. Obviously, you can kind of put them all into one big ball and, and tie them together for sure. But it, what it what should be egregious enough and upsetting enough without asking all the other questions is, you know, did Russia meddle in the election? 
you know, 17 intelligence agencies say yes, like that should be upsetting to folks. You know, people yeah. who who say that they are devotees of Ronald Reagan who are now saying like, you know, I don't know. Let's the jury's still out on this. Or But it, I, I haven't heard who are the Republicans. I mean that Dana Rohrbach. I mean look, Dana uh, Rohrbach yeah, like I mean what him. sounded really kind of Yeah, nutty. but he's that's that's his, his that's him. And then you had Sean that Spicer and is- you had Sean Spicer say, Well, none of this would happen if Hillary had not had a private server. And I know he's like he's a flack and he's, you know, He's angling for a job. I get it. But I mean, come on. Like that is so like he knows I know he knows that that's not true. And so some of that stuff is just like, oh, I mean, that's the thing where if if Democrats were if it was, uh, you know, Democrats having the same issue, people would go bananas. Right. There'd be like plea rioting in the streets. Or if it wasn't Russia, it was Iran or something else. Like maybe, you know, I mean, people would be going crazy. But for somehow, for some reason, this has now gotten scrambled in a way where you have Trump's inside team saying, well, there's no evidence or, well, they should produce the evidence or why is the CIA, you know, not producing the evidence? These are the same people who did X, Y, and Z. I mean, they're really using – That statement about, well, but the CIA told us there were weapons master. That was like a jaw-dropping, like, oh, well, that's interesting. But I think I have not heard from the vast majority of Hill Republicans that they're suddenly like, oh, Russia's fine, with the exception of Dana Rohrbacher. Dana Rohrbacher. I, I, that is not and, – and like Peter King was on uh, this week and his frustration was not like, oh, Russia's good. He just felt like, oh, the full committee deserves – a briefing. I don't feel like we've been adequately briefed on this, but I'm more than willing to believe that Russia did a bunch of bad stuff because Russia does bad stuff all the time. And that's what I, f- I feel like is where a lot of folks are settling. I don't think that the Republican Party is about to become a pro-Russia party, but I've been super wrong about <laughs> lots of other things. So. I mean, I Who guess knows? Who knows? I guess it's just the silence on it. I don't know. I mean, it's it's just amazing. It's amazing to me. And it's setting a, a tone for their voters in a way that just seems mind-boggling. But at any rate, the voters – Suggest or the voters, according to this, is the latest NBC Wall Street Journal poll that um, it, a, just like barely half say they're bothered that hackers working. They didn't specify Russia in the question. Working connection with a foreign government were involved in trying to influence our elections. So, do you think that the these actions helped Donald Trump win the presidency? So they separated out. Are you bothered by this? Did it actually change the result? And I think it's good that they've separated that out. Yeah, but it is. It does surprise me that only forty three percent of people say that it, they are bothered a great deal, right? Because it should bother you regardless. Like I, you know, I would not have wanted my candidate to win. Like it's okay if a foreign government did this because my candidate won, and I, you know, agree with that candidate on Medicare. You know, I mean, it just does not seem like something you could, should gloss over. But anyway. Um, Meanwhile, on some of the other specific actions that Trump may take as president and on views toward the Trump transition, again, this is from NBC Wall Street Journal, um, pretty divided, 50% approve, 41% disapprove. That's worse than what they've seen in past uh, presidential transitions. It's obviously really partisan. There's no honeymoon. This is consistent with what we saw last week with some of the polling from last week. NBC Wall Street Journal finds the same thing, although a little bit better news in the individual items. Like, do you think that Trump will bring change to Washington or keep U.S. jobs from going overseas? Looking out for Americans struggling in today's economy. You have more there saying they're optimistic about Trump's 
performance than some of these other things. Yeah, his temperament is still where he gets the worst marks. But I think what's also important is they divide out that approval rating on the transition question by Trump and Clinton voters. Um, The fact that 92% of Trump voters approve of his transition, and there were questions about, well, he's picking – CEO, you know, billionaires and CEOs, and he's picking Wall Street guys, and isn't that exactly he was supposed to drain the swamp? And isn't his aren't his supporters going to rebel? And like this is saying no, that's right. not happening. Right, they they like what he's doing. Right, or the Vox story, which I think we talked about last week, or I meant to, where they interviewed people who were in Kentucky and who were on uh, Obamacare, and said, okay, well, you know, Trump is going to try re- repeal and replace Obamacare and that's who he has as head of HHS and people are like well of course he's not going to do that you know why would he do that this is so helpful but um, not enough I think to be in that 4% per- perhaps well let's wrap up then on Christmas yes so some good news the war on Christmas Margie it rages you are on. allowed to say Merry Christmas now because <laughs> Trump has been elected president so um, PRRI they, they're always doing great I love They have interesting they have questions. They have really interesting questions. So they have asked, do you think stores and businesses should greet their customers with happy holidays or season's greetings instead of Merry Christmas out of respect for people of different faiths or not? And people are divided right down the middle. Yeah. 47% say yes, you should use a greeting that is not Merry Christmas in order to be inclusive. 46% say no, you should use Merry Christmas because it's Christmas time. Uh, Republicans two-thirds say you should say Merry Christmas. You should not be saying something else. Um, 66% of Democrats say you should say something else. You should not be saying Merry Christmas. Um, Independence, going to independent. <laughs> Right. Slow down the middle. That's right. I know. I know. I mean, the independence is, never change. And the I know, right? And the the interesting because the question, I mean, you could have made it a, even a little bit more balanced, right? Should they do this out of respect for people of different faiths or not? Because they don't have respect for different faiths. I mean, they could have made it, you know, or should people be able to, you know, people who work at stores be able to say whatever they want, right? Or something like that would be the other, that would integrate the other side of the argument. Yeah, I think so. Because I think for Team Merry Christmas, the point is not that, well, I mean, for some people, it's that I should just always be saying Merry Christmas to everyone. But I think part of it is like, if I'm celebrating Christmas, I should be able to wish anybody Merry Christmas. Right. Even if they're not celebrating it. Right. You know, I'm just wishing everybody a Merry Christmas because it's the holiday I'm celebrating. Right. <laughs> but that's not totally how this question was asked. No, but even with that, people are, you know, are pretty divided. And um, uh, we posted this on our Facebook page at the Pollsters and we got quite a, we got a few comments and one person said, I don't, I don't understand this fight at all. If somebody is friendly and greeting you, that should be good enough, <laughs> Like, well, that's a pretty good point. Well, like, if somebody's I, just saying something nice, then who cares what it is? That's what I'd like to think. But I feel like people nowadays are so eager to just find something to get offended about. Why did you say that? Why didn't you say the other thing? Like, I feel like, unfortunately, nowadays people are looking for reasons to get angry. I mean, as someone who is not always a Christmas celebrator over the years, it can be quite a thing to, like, just be surrounded by Christmas everywhere when you're, you know, you feel like an outsider and – that's not true in all parts of the country. Like, you know, I grew up in New York City. In New York City, when I was a little kid, like, 
you know, you can go wherever you want. If you want to escape Christmas, there are plenty of places for you to go where nobody's going to be wishing you Merry Christmas. There's going to be nothing Christmas going on in that neighborhood. Um, so it's a little bit different and there's a lot more, you know, uh, plur- you know, pluralism or at least folks of a variety of backgrounds. But it has become a bit of a touch, a touch point. Um, I wish it had it because even if you, aside from those pockets, if you're trying to escape Christmas, people at shopping, shopping malls, not saying Merry Christmas, but saying Happy Holidays, that is just not going to be enough. Like it's like you still cannot escape Christmas. Like that is just not, that is just a drop in the bucket of like the Christmas everywhere if you are trying to opt out. Well, I think the other thing is to what extent is it a religious or non-religious, I mean it it is clearly a religious holiday. It is a major holiday in the Christian faith. Um, but they've also asked in this PRRI survey, in thinking about the way you celebrate Christmas, is it a strongly religious holiday, somewhat religious or not too religious? Only 43% of people who say that they celebrate Christmas, they do so as a strongly religious holiday, which is a decline from where things were 10 years ago. Yeah. No, it's certainly become... You know, it's easy to celebrate a secular Christmas. Let's put it that way. But then there's also politics never takes a holiday. People talking about whether or not they will avoid family members over the holidays. So we talked about this a little bit over Thanksgiving, but the wounds have still not healed. According to this PRRI poll, 5% of people say that they plan to avoid certain relatives due to their political views. Uh, Democrats Five times as likely as Republicans, although these are still small numbers. Only 2% of Republicans say they plan to avoid certain relatives. 10% of Democrats yeah. say they do. Otherwise, I'll have to drink a fireball on the porch. Don't – you you don't want to do that. <laughs> so what is it like hot whiskey and I, like a match? Is there no, like – is there I, I, actual I, fire there's involved? There's no – I mean you could probably hack the fireball liquor and get fire involved if you wanted. I don't know if it's high enough proof. Don't you have to do that with like – 151 or something like that. Like, don't you need some kind of – I have never – This is a science experiment I'm Yeah, I'm not, not interested in. I, I am not an expert on this topic. <laughs> and I am not an expert on Fireball, except enough to know well, – What kind of Christmas celebrator are you? <laughs> I don't think you – I don't think you want to go there. Okay. So here are key findings from today. Voters are getting to know Trump and, well, he's got a little work to do. And is the news on Putin real or fake? Well, 17 intelligence agencies and some polling show the concern is real, even if it's not widespread. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas from the pollsters. Don't unfriend us over the holidays. (laughs) We'll still be here. We still still will be here in the new year. You can find us on Twitter at, at the pollsters individually at at Margie O'Mero and at Soltis Anderson. We're on Facebook where you can find links to the stories we might be talking about on the upcoming show. You can also find us at www.thepolsters.com where we post links to all of our favorite polling resources. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher. Make sure you write us a review. Let us know what you're thinking, what you want us to cover, and have a happy new year. Great. Thanks. A Westwood One podcast production. 
You've reached the Holiday Helpline. We turn the holidays into holidays. Hi, there's only 1,256 hours until Christmas, and we haven't even started our wish list yet. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy has everyone's favorite winter gear, like $5 tees, $10 thermals, $15 sweaters, and $20 outerwear. Time out. $5 tees? Yes, plus thousands of other styles start at 5 bucks too. Amazing cold-weather deals are already here at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. We're going to Old Navy. Turn your holiday into a holiday. Get to Old Navy today. Valid 1030 to 11.7. Select styles in stores only.